Google and Facebook preview election efforts in Canada and Indonesia. Instagram launches branded content ads, and Mark Zuckerberg promises privacy for future Facebook users. It's Monday, March 11th, 2019. All of that is coming up along with the week's news quick hits on episode 354 of Brave Ad World. New consumers. New media. New strategies. This is Brave Ad World. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 354 of Brave Ad World, the official podcast to BraveAdWorld.com, which combines actual insights with some of the latest headlines in social media and digital marketing news. Every week or close to it, I take the top stories, provide a recap, and then share insights as to what those stories are might mean to us as marketers. My name is Taylor Wigert, and we have a lot to talk about uh, this week, starting first with Google and Facebook putting their election efforts uh, or election interference prevention efforts to the test. So we got a taste this week of how Google and Facebook are thinking about how their platforms can and will be used in upcoming elections. So for Google, we found out that they actually won't be running any political ads for Canada's 2019 election because of a new set of advertising transparency rules put into place by Canada's Elections Act. Google said it would be unable to comply with the law, which requires any company that is used to distribute political ads to keep a written registry of all of those ads. Google's model, however, it works on a self-serve platform designed to achieve scale, speed, and automated delivery. So keeping a written registry doesn't really fit into that model, at least according to, to Google. But Facebook, on the other hand, they are running ads in Canada as it already has a registry of political ads on its platform that's searchable by issue or by name. Although it is worth noting Facebook has considered removing political ads in the past, but that's quite a bit of revenue for any platform to walk away from, and Facebook has chosen to keep that revenue, at least for the time being. The U.S. uh, has a bill similar to that of Canada's in the works that would require a national registry of any ad campaigns of $500 or more. So it's going to be interesting to see how Google responds should that bill pass. But like I said, Canada wasn't the only country seeing how all of this election interference efforts plays out. Facebook has has placed a ban on political ads originating outside of Indonesia ahead of that country's general election on April 17th. The goal is to limit any foreign interference on the election using Facebook. So these platforms, they're testing really what the boundaries are when it comes to political advertising. And we can can expect to see those efforts ramp up even more as we approach the 2020 national election here in the United States. All right, let's jump to our next story and talk about Instagram because Instagram has a new ad unit for brands working with influencers called branded content ads. Uh, The ad units, they allow brands to extend the reach really of influencer content beyond that influencer's followers. So it does this by letting advertisers take assets created by influencers for their audiences and then promote them like they would any other ad. So this move, it, it follows a feature introduced by Instagram in 2017 that allowed content creators to tag brands in their posts to disclose their relationship with advertisers. The challenge with that feature though was advertisers couldn't really take those posts and extend their reach within the Instagram platform itself. So this feature is part of a shakeout in the influencer marketplace. It it does that in a couple ways. First, 
First, it really makes it clear there's a relationship with brands and influencers, something that has not always been the case when it comes to influencer marketing. But second, it lets brands do more with their investments in influencer marketing. They're they're able to do more with the assets created by their influencer partners while also relying on less than reliable organic, relying less on organic reach to reach people. If they're able to promote these ads and extend their reach via paid placements, those are going to be some more guaranteed ad views. And they're basically using these influencers to create content for their promoted social ad buys. All right, let's jump to our last story because this last story was a big one because in a like this was a move that it can either be met with applause or eye rolls. But Mark Zuckerberg, he unveiled a new vision for Facebook this week, and it promises a new focus on privacy, an emphasis on encrypted messaging, and less data permanence. So Zuckerberg stated, quote, I believe a privacy-focused communications platform will become even more important than today's open platforms. Today, we already see that private messaging, ephemeral stories, and small groups are by far the fastest growing areas of online communication, unquote. So it's that last sentence that emphasized where Facebook appears to be focusing. First, it plans to connect WhatsApp and messaging and messenger messaging services to allow users to engage in private messaging across the Facebook ecosystem more seamlessly and more privately through encryption. Second, it plans to let users set limits on their content. So for example, photos shared on the platform, those will be made to be able to disappear after a user set length of time. Lastly, it plans to make privacy-focused communication on the platform more of a priority. Zuckerberg also addressed kind of the elephant in the room because Facebook isn't exactly a bastion of privacy online. Zuckerberg said, quote, I understand that many people don't think Facebook can or would even want to build this kind of privacy-focused platform because, frankly, we don't currently have a strong reputation for building privacy-protective services, and we've historically focused on tools for more open sharing, unquote. So Zuckerberg's announcement, it's pretty big news, but it's also important to understand the context in which it comes because Facebook is currently facing what would be a record FTC fine for its data handling practices with Cambridge Analytica. It, over the past year, calls for regulation around digital platforms like Facebook have have grown and Facebook has yet to show an ability to regulate itself. And lastly, Facebook needs a PR win. Every promise Facebook has made as of late to be better has been met with another revelation of practices that run counter to those promises. So, and then it's also worth noting that that this move is Facebook responding to the market. Users are opting more and more for one-to-one messaging. And they do value privacy more and more over openness. So this is a company really doing what it should do when the climate changes, and that's pivot. That pivot is especially important in the context of a new Edison research report published this week that cited a decline of 15 million Facebook users in the United States compared to two years ago. Most of those users are, however, heading to Instagram, but that's not totally the point. The announcement also raises some big questions outside of Facebook, though. It remains to be seen what this means for advertisers who have grown accustomed to Facebook's hyper-targeted capabilities. A more privacy-focused platform, that's naturally going to degrade targeting capabilities on Facebook. Now, undoubtedly, Facebook scale is going to help it overcome this challenge, but there will naturally be trade-offs 
should Facebook do everything that Zuckerberg states? All right, that is it for the week's main stories. So now I'm going to dive into the news quick hits where I'm going to hit other stories that happened this week at a high level that didn't get discussed earlier. First up, a report from the Wall Street Journal revealed plans by Amazon to dramatically expand its brick-and-mortar grocery footprint with stores opening in Los Angeles as early as this year, followed by other cities. It may even acquire a regional grocery chain or regional grocery chains to build scale in a way that its current brick-and-mortar Whole Foods stores are unable to. Pinterest is allowing online retailers to upload their entire product catalogs to the platform. Products uploaded, they can be turned into product pins as well as ads that will be served to users based on current shopping and saving behaviors. Along with this update, Pinterest is adding a new shopping section for certain retailers and in the process, turning Pinterest into more of a shopping destination. Verizon announced that its Oath ad platform will be shut down effective 2020. The move is part of a refocus for Oath, which was up against pretty stiff competition from Google's DoubleClick for Publishers ad server. Given Google's dominance, it's no surprise that the Oath ad platform is being shut down, especially with Verizon focusing more and more on making 5G a strategic focus. Google is shifting programmatic ad buying platform AdX to a first price auction system, which will mean advertisers pay higher prices, at least initially. Now, up until this point, it used a second price auction model. So this worked according to AdAge by, for example, having one bidder come in at $5 per per ad and a second bidder coming in at $3 per ad. The first bidder wins, but only pays $3.01 per ad. With this update, however, that first advertiser, it's going to pay $5 per ad as they originally bid. Google is joining other supply side platforms in rolling out this first price auction system. And lastly, Facebook said that it will no longer recommend groups or pages that share misinformation about vaccinations. In addition, those pages will no longer be able to advertise content with false information. The move follows YouTube, which recently demonetized channels and content spreading vaccine misinformation, and Pinterest, which is Pinterest is no longer even showing vaccine mis- misinformation in search results. All right. That is it for episode 354 of Brave Ad World. Before I let you go, let me know what you think. Send questions, comments. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like. I can always be reached at braveadworld at gmail.com. And if you get a chance, rate and review this podcast on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps me know what you think and it helps others find the podcast. I can be found on Twitter at twigert. That's T-W-I-E-G-E-R-T. You can also check out braveadworld.com where I occasionally here and there share personal thoughts and insight on marketing. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. For more, check out braveadworld.com.